1: Sure, so just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com or you can click the uh, link in the show notes to get started today.
0: Thanks again. Welcome to Bible Mysteries. You're listening to Episode 44, MK Ultra Part 2. What if there are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know? Are you ready to take the red pill? And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Zena. Hello and welcome once again to Bible Mysteries. I'm Scott Mitchell here with... Zena. Zena, the warrior princess. And, uh, (laughs) boy, we had fun with the live stream, didn't we? That
2: was a lot of fun. Thank you everyone that tuned in.
0: We really appreciated it. And and keep those questions coming. We plan to do more of that. So I think it was, I guess they would say a success.
2: (laughs) Yes, it was very successful.
0: Well, we are the show that talks about the things in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know. And one of those things we left off with was MKUltra
2: yes what do you guys know exactly about mk ultra comment down below
0: yeah please do let us know by sending any any uh, emails too that is the secret at least at one time a cia operation and we've this is going to be part two of that mm-hmm. uh we learned that they started delving into things they ought not to do uh manipulating people's many times involuntarily to do things and it's going to get a lot worse than we can cover. What they did is is a lot more uh, deep in scope than we could cover just in our podcast. So, folks, really, this is just going to be highlights of what we know, and then we're going to kind of reference what we sh- what we are able to tie into the scriptures because that's what we are—Bible mysteries. We're we're not here to expose every conspiracy. We're just going to see what we can tie in to the Word of God, and so one of the reasons for mind control is we're learning is there's a group of people that are in that satanic global elite that want population control.
2: Now, why would you think they want population control?
0: There is a person whose last name was Malthus. M-A-L-T-H-U-S. I forget his first name and when he lived, but it was definitely the turn of the century, like uh, late 1800s, early 1900s or something. Uh, He started a society and they believed that the world was going to get to a point where the population was going to outgrow our ability to raise crops using current agricultural techniques to feed everybody, that all the resources would be depleted, wood for paper and buildings, bricks for mud for bricks or whatever they make bricks out of. You know, all of the resources they felt were very finite and they felt that way about oil, too, which is interesting because I've learned um, that oil is constantly being made. Mm-hmm. In the earth through pressure and whatever, and it's not like we're going to run out tomorrow. Yeah, you know, we a, a well or if they call it a well, a, a rig or wherever they drill can run dry, but you know, given enough time, you go back to it, it's going to be filled up again. Yeah, you know? and that may take decades or even hundreds of years, but at least I know that the earth doesn't just it didn't just make you know a thousand dinosaurs died and that's all the oil we have, you know, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not like it's that finite, you know, but anyway, they believed that the answer to this was to reduce the population.
2: I can see that. Mm. I, I can definitely agree with that, especially with a lot of the Current, uh, you know, like the new subdivisions that are being built.
0: Yeah, where they're squeezing in. Yeah,
2: and they're like squeezing in like, you know, 300 houses right. and, you know, so many acres. I, I'll be quite honest. I want to see some cows.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I that, don't
2: want to see subdivisions. And, and
0: I think that kind of thinking might have shaped what could have been like a, an original intent of this is for the best. But then you've got to factor in, okay, who makes the decision who lives and who dies? Yeah. So then you get some people, and since there are satanically controlled people and megalomaniacs and things like that, you've got people, for example, like Ted Turner, who started CNN Mm -hmm. all those years ago, believed that the Earth's population should be limited to something between 250 and 350 million people. Million. Whoa. Now there's 7 billion people on the planet. Yeah. So that's a 95% reduction of the population, which is just mass genocide. Yeah. And so there are other individuals that agree with him, and they are also in positions of power. They are the ones that feel like we are feeders, and they are the elite. So eliminating us is no different than, you know— Killing the rats out of the basement. Yeah. You know. They don't see us having any value to them because as far as they're concerned, we are absorbing their resources.
2: I mean, they wouldn't have those resources if we didn't, if we didn't have the jobs to get them.
0: Right. Now, that's where some sinister things come in. You have just touched on uh, a whole new can of worms you know, <laughs> where AI and machine learning come into play. So more and more artificial intelligence and machine learning are doing things that we as humans have uniquely been able to do. Thinking, processing and stuff, computers can do it faster, but only you as a person can make a decision that's going to suit another need in a special way. You know, yes. like you're training as a nurse or a physician or a lawyer or whatever it might be. Yeah. Your capabilities are going to be needed at some point where you're going to have to make discretionary decisions about what is the best course of treatment? Mm-hmm. What is the best legal um, course of action we can take? There's multiple options here. A machine can't necessarily do that. But... Ultimately, the goal is if the machines can get smart enough to do most of that, then the need for us to produce, manufacture, whatever is eliminated. Yeah. And that's kind of, I think, part of what might be going on in this ploy with the pandemic is the government paying everybody to stay home and not work. And there's tons of help wanted signs everywhere. You know, but people are getting paid more to stay home than work. It's there's a group of people that probably think conditioning us to get ready for robots to do all those jobs.
2: That's crazy. And then, then
0: how are we going to eat? You know.
2: Yeah, I I was reading an article and um Elon Musk, uh, the owner of Tesla, if you guys didn't know, Mm -hmm. is trying to build uh, eighteen wheelers that drive themselves.
0: Yeah. And he's a big both proponent and, and warning people mm-hmm. about AI, as I understand. He sees the advantages, but he also sees the possibility it could be used for bad. For sure. Yeah. And I think that's, that may be in the minds of some that, look, if we can get AI to do a lot of the jobs that are being done that we might consider manual tasks or non-discretionary tasks, then all the people that do those jobs, you can't pay them forever to stay home. Yeah, you know, the government's going to run out of money. So what do you think their plan is? Let's get rid of them.
2: Wow.
0: And that's where this is all headed: population yeah. control. So we're going to delve into some things. Uh, and this doesn't, this hasn't been like recently coming up. This has been in the works for a long time. Do you remember or recall the name of a person named Henry Kissinger? I do not. Okay. He goes way back, way before you were born. So (laughs) I I would have been shocked had you known who they were because I would have said, okay, you are studying up on political science. Uh, But I don't remember him much either. I was a kid when he was Secretary of State of the United States. Uh, It might have been under Nixon or one of those earlier presidents. But he had a report that he put out under – he didn't write it, but under his – guys or whatever it was, it was requested. And the Kissinger Report continues to be the foundational document on U.S. government population control. This goes back to the 70s. Well, so this is how long they've been thinking like this. And in the Kissinger Report from 1974, it says, the U.S. economy will require large and increasing amounts of minerals from abroad, especially from less developed countries. That fact gives the U.S. enhanced interest in the political, economic, and social stability of the supplying countries. And I'll interrupt the statement to ask you, um, have you ever wondered why it seems on the surface that the U.S. military tends to get involved in a lot of countries for one reason or another? Like,
2: Yeah, I have. I mean, I guess it's just the way that I was raised. You always, you know, you like mind your own business. yeah. And I kind of feel like America tends to, like, to get involved in things that they have no business being in. Um, yeah. And it, and it, it baffles me because it's just, like, we have, like, you know, people are, you know, risking their lives going into the military, and, you know, they're, they're bombing Iraq. They're bombing, you know, wherever we're at. And it's like, why are we bombing these people if they're not doing anything to us?
0: Exactly. And I totally agree with you. I think we should stay home, take care of our own defense, stay yes. out of other nations' business. Yeah. Let them squabble their own things. Yeah, you We know? have
2: things here in our homeland that need to be worked on and fixed on. And it's like, let's ignore everything that's here. That's an issue. And let's go find someone else's issue and try to resolve it. And it's yeah. like, let's no, let's resolve our own. Like, I, let's be an example.
0: Exactly. And think of the money we spend. Trying to solve and police the world, yeah. Oh, trillions probably. Yeah. You know, if we get, if you really get down to it, over time. So this goes a long way in kind of explaining why that is. Somebody somewhere who who holds the controls, mm-hmm. if you will, sees that we need these minerals. Whether it's oil, whether it's what they call, um, I forget, there's a term for it, but there are certain metals that are needed in industry. And there's only certain places in the world where you can get them, Mm -hmm. like lithium for batteries or certain things for medical instruments. And I'm not a geologist, so I don't know (laughs) know, the names of those things. But uh, as I understand it right now, many of the things are being supplied from China. Yeah. And when the pandemic hit and supplies were shut down, all these industries suffered a lot because there's only one place to get those things that they need for their processes. Mm -hmm. So this would kind of explain that. So continuing on with the quote from the report, wherever a lessening of population pressures through reduced birth rates can increase the prospects for such stability in the regions where the resources are. Yeah. Population policy becomes relevant to resource supplies and to the economic interests of the United States. And once again, that's the Kissinger Report from 1974. That sounds a little bit benign on the surface, but when you read into that, you start to think, wait a minute. You're basically saying these nations over here, let's say like in a huge continent like Africa that are less developed, they've got resources. We want them. So how do we prevent them from multiplying so large that they then need the resources themselves and they begin to exploit their own natural resources, as we have done, because they're getting more advanced, they're getting more cities, more things, more jobs, more needs, all that stuff being fulfilled. Well, how do we prevent them from taking our supply of their resources? We keep their population down. Yeah. Somebody somewhere is involved in that all over the world. It's not just one nation, one continent. It's everywhere. So, this is a quote from Ron Unz, who is the editor of the Unz Review. Uh, it's a website, unz.com. Anybody can go to it if they want to. And he says, This gets into tying us back into uh, population control. And maybe is it now that here's an opportunity to really push for? And there are, this is scary. There are uh, sites out there. There's one called daegle.com, D-A-E-G-L-E.com. They they evidently are something of a military contractor status profile report, like how many countries are buying this jet? How many countries are building aircraft carriers? How many need parts from the United States to do this or that, you know. And so they, they follow trends where orders are being made. They tie it into the gross national product of that nation, these nations, all 190-something nations, you know. Mm-hmm. And they put a frightening statistic up. They make predictions about where things are going to be. Why, why will a large order of this jet be made by this country? They have to try to figure these things out. They've got in the latest report... They are showing within the next three years, in both the United States and Europe, a 70% reduction in population. That's insane.
2: I wonder how that would even, like, how would someone go about reducing population? They would literally have to just go and kill off 70% of the population.
0: Well, that's where the conspiracies start to come in. Mm-hmm. So this Ron Unz writes, we are left with the strong likelihood that COVID came from a laboratory and was designed as a bioweapon. China was the intended target and America seems the likely source of the attack. The most likely suspects would be rogue elements of our national security establishment, what we refer to as the deep state. The virus and its dispersal devices might have been obtained from Fort Detrick and CIA operatives. It would have been sent to Wuhan to release it. Now, this is just one theory. I don't know that it's true. But they're speculating when they tie all these things together that could this be the reason why? And maybe it was intentionally let loose or its intended target wasn't actually, it didn't go the way they meant to.
2: I could totally see that, especially with us having... Uh, with, you know, obviously before COVID happened, you, we had open borders and you could come in, leave as you please. Obviously, if you try to decrease a population in one area, it, you, I mean, people travel. So yeah. obviously, if the flu's in China, the flu's going to come to Eventually, yeah. it's, I mean, it's going to come back, you know, it's going to come back and it's going to bite you in the... <laughs> the hoo-ha, and the, I mean, that's I, completely your fault.
0: I th- I think that was probably something they didn't factor in. Possibly, if that theory is true, yeah. Or um, they intended it to be that way, and ultimately, the, you know, it could have been one group saying, "Okay." Incidentally, did you know that the when they talked to the, they used the term epicenter, where it started. Okay. Okay, like a like a. Uh, a an earthquake. Mm -hmm. The epicenter was in Wuhan province in China when the symptoms started showing up for COVID and then it dispersed there. And at first they didn't know what to do with it. And at first it was just contained by China. And like you said, some people flew over and we were going, ah, there's nothing to worry about. In fact, at first there were some people saying, no, maybe we should restrict travel from China. And everybody said, oh, that's racist. That's racist. And then sure enough, it came over from China, You know, all that kind of stuff. So we learned as we went. But there was another place in the world where it simultaneously appeared. Before anybody knew what was going on, a Wuhan was one. Do you know what the other one was?
2: Is it Australia?
0: No, it was Tehran, Iran. Now, Iran is thousands of miles from China. Yeah. So, how did it simultaneously show up not only in Wuhan, but in and in fact what was happening was specific leaders of the Tehran ruling members were targeted and got sick and died. Now, that sounds like a biological attack.
2: Definitely does.
0: And there are elements in the United States government, and they're known as the um, neocons, okay? And they, they see everybody as an enemy. Mm-hmm. And to them, the two greatest enemies are China and—well, uh, the three are China, Russia, and Iran. So— it's possible that their intention was, let's go attack our enemies. If we can hurt China economically, if we could hurt Iran's ruling class, we, it's like a preemptive strike, and then nobody will know it was us. And we, yeah. that we will avoid an actual all-out war. So let's, let's play that theory out a little bit. And let's say that they did that, and that was the neocon deep state's intention. But there were other elements in the deep state that might be like these Malthusians, the Malthus guy I was talking about, that thinks we need to reduce population. They said, well, okay, we'll let them do that, and they'll be the fall guys if we get found out, but we'll make sure the virus escapes and starts to reduce the entire world's population. Mm -hmm. And then it looks like it didn't do that much. No. It wasn't much more than the flu Mm -hmm. in a regular season. you know. So then they said, okay, well, we'll scare everybody to think they're all going to die, and then we'll provide an antidote. And I'm not picking on the vaccine, but I'm just saying that what if their plan was to use the vaccine, you know, to do some things. So that brings us back to good old Billy, Bill Gates. (laughs) Now, there's an article at the Rare Foundation. It's R-A-I-R, rarefoundation.com, and it's titled, Alert, Bill Gates' Obsession with Population Control Should Discredit Him. And he's got a long history of uh, being in support of population control, particularly in impoverished and underdeveloped nations. You know, he wants to reduce, and he, he uses these big, lofty, magnanimous-sounding things like, well, they're healthier if they have fewer people. Well, I don't agree with the Malthusian logic about we've got to reduce to, because we'll use up all the resources, because I know that the Bible says there's enough for everybody. Yeah. And uh, as a matter of fact, somebody once did the math. And if you took the entire world's population— and you just put them all in the state of Oregon and gave everybody something like a half mile of land there was there's room for everybody to be in there the entire world and then all the rest of the planet is wide open for whatever you know so think of that that now that would be very condensed obviously yeah i
2: mean we'd be on top of each other oh, yeah. i don't know how well that would work <laughs>
0: But if you had a half a mile around, that's even better than these neighborhoods you were talking about. Yes. Oh, <laughs> these my little, gosh. You know. So uh, I think that it's misguided at the very least and mm-hmm. probably m- malevolent at the, at the worst. So it all comes down to mind control. How are you going to reduce the population significantly if any of that is true? And we know the Bible says a man will be as rare as gold. Yeah. yeah. At some point because of all the stuff that's coming on. And even though the wrath of God is going to be behind all that, he, what if he's just uh, He's stepping back and saying, okay, these evil men are going to come do this. If people are going to follow them, if they're going to believe them, if they're going to be controlled by them, I will not stop them. I'm going to use that as part of the wrath for the rebellion against me. Okay. So it could go hand in hand. Satan thinks he's doing it. But God is letting it happen because he's going to say, well, they rejected me. They won't turn back to me. They won't turn their hearts to me. So I'll let them destroy themselves.
2: I feel like the way that we, I don't think we need population control necessarily. Mm -hmm. I think we need resource control. Like instead of trying to get rid of people, why Mm -hmm. not educate them on how much of a resource you should use? Like if you're not home Unplug devices yeah. uh, instead of letting your water just run you know shut it off right. like you know just you know taking baby steps into making the world a better place than to be like you know what greatest idea let's just blow up half of the United States get rid of <laughs> everyone over there and then yeah and then we're and then we're fine and yeah. then you guys are allowed two kids and that's it no more after that you're retiring. to that's such tubes, a
0: rigid strict. Right? Yeah. Yeah, so I th- so what you're talking about is resource management. Yes. That makes sense to me and what we used to call ecology Mm-hmm. You know, ecology was: we are the stewards of the earth. God gave us these resources; we should use them in a in a wise manner.
2: Yeah, right? you know, don't be greedy. Like, don't don't use more than you need. You know.
0: Yeah, if you're going to use a tree and cut it down, plant another one. Yes. You know, always keeping renewable resources. Yes. And I think that kind of stewardship is what we were called to do by the Lord. Mm-hmm. But we turned from that, obviously. We got lazy. Some yeah. nations don't do it at all, mm-hmm. uh, and and they become. They, they just pollute themselves. Very you know? true. We, we, there was a time when I remember ads in the 70s where it was, you know, don't pollute. And there was a commercial where a guy drives by and he throws a bag of trash out of his window. And there's a Native American standing there dressed in a traditional sort of garb. And he looks really stately, you know, and he's kind of looking into the sunset. And then he looks down at the trash that was just thrown out on his land. Because mm-hmm. originally they were here first. Yeah. And then he sort of looks up and as the camera closes in, there's a tear pouring down his eye. It was very moving, you yeah. know, and it's it, it, it tied in so many concepts, you know, of here we are on somebody else's original land, you know, and there could have been someone before them, but, right. but the point was, uh, what are we doing with the resources? And from that point forward, it seems like a real push was made to be better stewards in America mm-hmm. and trash cans start showing up everywhere and don't litter and don't be a litter bug, all yeah, these campaigns, yeah. don't mess with Texas, uh-huh. you know? <laughs> all that kind of thing. Well, so to get enough people either deceived or willing to participate in what they seem to think is the right answer, instead of good ecology and good stewardship of the resources, mm-hmm. we're just going to kill half the people. Right. That's what they think is the better way to do Because let's face it, it's, it's what the Nazis did you know yeah. it's it's what uh the uh the bolshevik revolution did it's what the mouse revolution did they didn't try to say okay we'll find a better way to utilize these people they just killed them
2: it's know? terrible it's like let's take the easy way out instead yeah. of trying to progressively get better we're like mm, i don't have time for that i want it now
0: so that's probably one of the motivating factors for MKUltra to have been implemented. How can we learn to control people's minds effectively so that we can create a mass? Hysteria, a mass delusion, a mass cooperation, whatever their aim is. All drugs.
2: Right? I mean, honestly.
0: Yep. And that's exactly what it is. Mind control through drugs is the key to what they were doing. Now, one of the articles that I've gleaned a lot of quotes from was written by a man named Larry Romanoff. And it is found at the UNS Report website, unz.com. But he says that in the 1970s, As another part of its mind control program, the CIA conspired with Eli Lilly, a drug manufacturer and company to produce 100 million doses of the illegal drug LSD, enough to send almost everyone in the United States on a trip.
2: Wowzers. Now,
0: what would be the reason to produce that much of a drug if you weren't going to use it? Yeah. Now, here's the interesting thing. We tie these things always back into the Bible because this is Bible mysteries, Mm -hmm. right? Now, there's a passage in the book of Revelation that at first glance you would think, what does that have to do with mind control? But I dug into it a little bit (laughs) because that's what I do. So we're going to go to Revelation chapter 9, and we're going to notice in verse 20. Now, we're talking about in the middle of those seven years of tribulation and God's wrath on the earth. And he's pouring all these plagues upon the earth, and some of them are horrifically looking creatures that come out of the bottomless pit right? And some of them are men warring with each other and whatever. Mm -hmm. But he says, as a result of all these things in verse 20, and the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, that they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone and of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk. Neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornications, nor of their thefts. Now, those are all bad things. But what comes to mind when you think of the word sorceries?
2: Uh, I think of witches and potions.
0: Witches and potions. Well, you are right on the mark, as usual, <laughs> Because interestingly enough, the Greek New Testament, that's what the language was used to write the New Testament, in Greek the word sorceries is the word pharmakia. Pharmakia. And if you look at the word and how it's Pharmacy. Spelled, pharmacy, right? <laughs> When you said that, I was like, that kind
2: of looks like pharmacy.
0: Pharmaceutical. P-H-A-R-M-A-K-E-I-A. And it's literally defined as the use or the administering of drugs, poisoning, sorcery, magical arts, often found in connection with idolatry and fostered by it. So it's it's used about three times in the New Testament. One time used by Paul, and it's literally translated as witchcraft. And then twice in the book of Revelation, it's sorceries. We just read one in chapter 9. Let's read another one in chapter 18. And I want to show you this because I think it ties in. Hi, we hope you're enjoying the podcast, but I want to take a moment to remind you of something very important.
1: There are secrets in the Bible the world doesn't want you to know.
0: And the world is fast approaching the endgame, and we want to expose the coming deception before time runs out.
1: Freedom of speech is under attack and evil elements within governments and multinational corporations are trying to prevent you from learning the truth. Scott and I are being censored by social media platforms as we speak.
0: This is true. So You can help us use the satanic global elite's own tools against them. Subscribe to Bible Mysteries Premium Podcast so the controlled media can't shut us down.
1: We can use our own platforms to help expose them and keep you informed. But to do that, we need your support. Help us to go full-time with Bible Mysteries.
0: Just $7 a month gives you every current episode ad-free without these annoying appeals. You also get full access to our special guest interviews and special events, downloadable show notes, our Bible Mysteries monthly newsletter, and access to the community forum where we answer your questions. Just go to BibleMysteries.Supercast.com to help us stop the assault on Christianity and free speech.
1: And don't forget, you can always donate any amount to support us at utbnow.com. These gifts are tax-deductible.
0: Thanks again, and here's the show. Notice verse 23, Revelation eighteen twenty-three, And the chapter, uh, the context of the chapter, it's the destruction of Mystery Babylon mother of harlots, okay? And so she's considered to be like the city that is the the mother prostitute of all idolatry, and all the other little cities are the little harlots, her daughters, so to speak, Mm -hmm. okay? So she's ultimately going to be destroyed during this time of tribulation. And so the entire chapter is what happens, and it says, and the light of a candle... Verse 23, shall shine no more at all in thee. It's a pronouncement against the city. Mm -hmm. And the voice of the bridegroom and of the bride shall be heard no more at all in thee. For thy merchants were the great men of the earth. For by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. And in her was found the blood of prophets and of saints and of all that were slain upon the earth. So this city, Mystery Babylon, which I believe is apostate Jerusalem in the time of tribulation, Mm -hmm. uh, so that somehow they're going to become the head of the nations, like the economic center. It's not going to be New York anymore or Hong Kong or... London or whatever. It's going to be this Jerusalem, you know, this apostate. And I noticed that it said that for by thy sorceries were all nations deceived. So mind control, if they were experimenting with drugs to control people's minds, and they did far, far worse than LSD, but that's just an example, that tells me that they were going into the realm of figuring out a way to make people susceptible to their ideas. And if drugs could do that, you know, you, you think about, let's call I'm going to use something a little more common because more people can relate to this, alcohol. Yes. Than, say, LSD today. Mm -hmm. LSD was a little bit more of a 60s (laughs) kind of thing, you know. Mm
2: -hmm. Uh, Going to a rave.
0: Right. So people, you've heard the term they self-medicate, you know, by using alcohol. Yes. Try to escape their pain or whatever. Well, when a person is, let's say, intoxicated, they might be convinced to do something they ordinarily wouldn't do.
2: For sure. You know, I
0: mean, you've you've heard of people, yeah, they were at the party, the lampshade on their head, you know, Mm -hmm. dancing naked on the table, whatever. And they don't remember it the next day, right? So for a short time, they were out of their mind control. They they weren't in control of their mind. Yes. So the alcohol sort of took over. They became uninhibited or whatever, whatever the trait that was amplified by the, the drug, the alcohol. And therefore, they became... Either mischievous or a nuisance or whatever that they did yeah. that was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So, if that can be concentrated, amplified, and focused, which alcohol can't, so they're trying to find drugs that can. Well, what if we could convince a person to do things like obey without questioning orders? Or, and in some cases, they did experiments where they would cause a person to be completely uninhibited against their natural moral standards. And do things they would ordinarily never do, and it wasn't like they were drunk and going crazy. They were they were able to be manipulated by this sort of programming where they could say a single code word. It would be like you're just your normal bubbly fun self, and you're going about your day, and you had no idea that somebody had experimented on you and set this implanted this thing in your mind. And they say a code word like you know uh, dog biscuit. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're not Xena anymore. And you go and you assassinate the leader of a country. Yeah. And you have no recollection of ever having done it. Something took over, almost like a demonic control. Mm-hmm. That's this pharmacia. That's the kind of thing that they're doing or they're working with in MKUltra. It's scary. So talking back about this project, the project was under the direct command of a Dr. Sidney Gottlieb and received undisclosed but almost unlimited millions of dollars for hundreds of experiments on human subjects at hundreds of locations across the United States, Canada, and Europe. The eventual budget for this program apparently having exceeded $1 billion per year. This is back in the 50s and 60s. A billion dollars was almost unheard of back then. A lot of money. The evil in some of these MK Ultra documents is almost palpable. One such document from 1955 stating openly of a search for substances which will cause temporary or permanent brain damage as well as loss of memory. This was in the actual CIA records. This is what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. This is what they did discover and find because of a clerical mistake. These records that were supposed to have been destroyed by the CIA actually got sent to the wrong agency. And that's how these trials came about, where they brought these people up on charges. Yeah. Part of the intent was to develop techniques that would crush the human psyche to the point that it would admit anything. In a U.S. government memo from 1952, a program director asked, can we get control of an individual to the point where he will do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature, such as self-preservation? In other words, kill themselves in the process of killing somebody else or going about some agenda. Yeah. It also listed the wide range of horrid abuses to which the victims would be subjected. These people were not bashful about their intent. Now, if they were doing that in the fifties, I'm, I shudder to think what they could be doing now.
2: Right. And could there be
0: politicians, prominent spokespeople in the world today that are saying things like, oh, it's okay to do this. It's okay to do that. And in reality, they're mind controlled. Mm -hmm. And there, and I think like we, we read about that William Casey guy saying that everybody of any of any significance in the media is owned by the CIA, mm-hmm. how do we know they're not mind controlled yeah. and being used to manipulate us, you know? Very true. So all that being said, it ties in with what's going to happen eventually. Whether it's the time is close and it seems to be, or whether we're way off on the timing, they're still working towards the goal. Revelation mm-hmm. chapter 13 is the passage that refers to the appearing of the Antichrist on the world scene. And he's called the beast. You might remember when we were talking about Antichrist, he was referred to as the beast. But there's a second beast associated with him. And the Bible refers to him as the false prophet. Okay. Okay. But here's how he's described in chapter 13, verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth. And he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So you can see the satanic connection, Mm -hmm. the dragon. And he exerciseth all the power of the first beast before him. And causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. So he's responsible for making the population of the world worship the Antichrist. Now, remember we've talked about this before. If he were to appear today, let's just say, and suddenly he's going to command or find a way to make the entire population worship him. And you think of all the different various religions, how are we going to find agreement between the Christian, the Buddhist? the Jew, the Muslim, the Hindu, the Taoist, you name it, to all drop hundreds if not thousands of years of Mm -hmm. history and start to worship a man who they are now going to claim to be God. And all agree? I don't know. What would that take?
2: A lot of knowledge.
0: Maybe mind control. Maybe a deception. So talking about this second beast, it says they uh, cause him to worship. And he doth, verse 13, great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, Ai, that the image of the beast should both speak And cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Now think about what's going to turn the world to persecute people that don't worship the beast. I don't want to take his mark. All right, we're going to kill you. You know, what would that, what would it take to convince people that that's okay? Verse 16, and he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. And again, I think back to the Holocaust of World War II, where they made the Jews wear the little stars of David. And they mm-hmm. were all identified with a mark. And it said Judea or a Judea, uh, something like that. And it was, uh, it was a way to recognize them as they're Jewish so they can be put in these cars and railroad carts and brought to these horrible places where they were exterminated. So it wouldn't surprise me if they're going to do a similar thing, you know, as that was almost like a test run. And like I mentioned earlier, since this is going to be during the time of God's wrath on the earth and he's got his own bag of tricks that Mm -hmm. are going on, he's probably also allowing Satan to go forward with some things that he's holding him back from doing now. And he's, Satan thinks, ah, this is me. I'm accomplishing this. Yeah. Whereas God is saying, no, you're not. You're just fitting right into my plan of pouring out vengeance on the world. So when we go to the book of Second Thessalonians, which is one of the epistles that the apostle Paul wrote, it's uh, it, the timing just jumping right into the context. It says, and then shall that wicked be revealed, which is the timing of this Antichrist, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Ultimately, God is going to destroy the Antichrist. Even him who is coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. Now, I keep hearing those phrases, power, signs, lying wonders, or miracles. These beasts do these things. Are they going to be using technology? Yeah. Drugs, mind control, right? All right. And then it says that he comes with this power and signs and with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So they're being deceived because they wouldn't accept the truth of God. God is saying, here's the truth. They're saying, no, we won't want that. We'll worship the devil. Right. They're making a conscious decision to do it, whether it's through mind control as a part of it or not. I think that there's nothing that would prevent a person, like if a person believed in God's truth, even if somebody was able to come manipulate their brain and make them do bad things, it wouldn't change the fact that they trusted and believed in Christ mm-hmm. or believe God's truth. You know, it, it would still, in other words, nothing would take away their salvation, yeah. even if they committed a crime. Okay. So that's not going to be the case here. These are people that willingly rejected, and because of that rejection, they're going to be controlled. But here's the verse I'm after, verse 11. And for this cause, because they wouldn't receive the truth, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. So that tells me that this thing is going to be allowed by God to happen. He's going to send it. He's going to say, okay, I'll let MKUltra's investigational projects come to fruition. I'll let their experiments with mind control come in to play and be used globally for those who reject the truth. Almost as if he's going to say, I'm going to let them, I'm going to make them use their own weapon against them.
2: What a wise guy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so there's hope. There's hope because if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, well, how morbid and dark and awful is this? You know, <laughs> I could just tell Zena's kind of going, oh man, why did I come here today? You know,
2: I'm just, like I think all of the information is just like, Wow, it,
0: it is. It's so overwhelming to think that there are people this dark in their yeah. hearts, this dark in their minds. But there's hope because, first of all, as we've said before, God is going to bring it all out. You know, first of all, He's going to trap the wicked people in their own snares. So they're going to end up, it's going to be their undoing. So I want to leave our listeners with some encouragement as we wrap up today, and we're going to turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2, which is another letter that the Apostle Paul wrote. Uh, Chapter 2, verse 25, where basically starting in verse 24, I'm going to back up because I want the context here. It says, The servant of the Lord must not strive, don't fight. Our job is not to go out and charge hell with a water bucket, you know. We're not not supposed to go take down, wash Washington, D.C. with our AK-47s and our (laughs) AR-15s. Don't do that. (laughs) that. The servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach. Apt is not a word we use much We heard the word aptitude, but apt, A-P-T, means like ready or prepared. So it's like ready to teach, patient. In meekness, instructing those that oppose themselves. If God peradventure, now there's a word nobody uses anymore, peradventure. We know the word adventure. Yes. We know the word "per." Peradventure adventure means it could come to pass. Okay. It could chance. It could happen to pass. It's like the word chance. If God perchance will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive by him at his will. That gives me hope because even though the devil may capture people in their minds, in their spirits, in their thoughts, whatever... They can recover themselves. It's going to be through Christ. It's going to be through us showing kindness and loving and patience and not striving with them but being gentle with them and showing that that kindness and compassion that Christ showed. And if they will be recovered, they will recover themselves through trusting in Him also. Because it's up to every individual to make that decision, how they're going to choose to follow the Lord or be A captive and remain that way. Yeah. Yeah. So it's good to know, number one, that they can recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. And number two, ultimately, and we've talked about this before, but I love reading this passage because it just, it's sort of like, in the end, we win. Yes. In the end, it all works out because God says this. In Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. And the whole matter is the entire book is written by Solomon who said, okay, God made me really, really smart. So I decided I was going to go search out everything I could search at the time he lived, every knowledge that he could, everything that he could discover. And I want to find out what is the thing that we should be doing? What is the important thing? Yeah. And he experimented with all these things. I, I, I gave myself all the money I wanted. I didn't find happiness. All the women I wanted didn't find happiness. All the food I needed, I built buildings. I did this. I did that. Never found the answer. Okay. And what he learned was it's all vanity. When I die, somebody else gets it. And with all the wisdom that I used to build these wonderful structures, a fool could come and take it all away from me. Very you know, true. That he both, basically, he ultimately said, I set my heart to learn these things. And the conclusion of the matter was this, fear God. And keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. In other words, there's no better thing for us to do than to fear God. And then he says in verse 14, the last verse of the book, For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. So no matter how secretive the satanic global elite are, they will be found out. They will be discovered.
2: Very true. What happens in the dark always comes to the light. It
0: always comes to the light. That's a great way of looking at it. Finally, Psalm thirty-seven is for encouragement of an individual, and it's it's hard to go. One of the questions I think when we had the other day in our live stream was something along the line of, "What do we do with ourselves in such a dark time?" Do you remember how
2: I do? It I was heard.
0: worded something like she that.
2: She was. Uh, it was about the the Bible. I know mm-hmm. that for sure. That that was one. Of, that was part of her question. But she was just kind of like, you know, what is our purpose? Like, what, do, what are oh, we supposed to be doing?
0: You're right. What is our purpose? Like, What is the point almost? Yeah, like, it seems see- like life seems pointless.
2: Yes, there yeah. we go. That's exactly what it was. She was saying life seems so pointless at this moment. It know?
0: really does. It really does. And so when, um, when, when you read that question for me, I started thinking about it and I tacked this on to the end of our episode, because Psalm 37 7 says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man that who bringeth bringeth wicked devices to pass. And it's like, yeah, don't worry. It looks bad, but he's got this. Yeah. You know, just patiently wait for him. Mm-hmm. Rest in the assurance of knowing he's going to make this work out right. And he says in verse eight, "Cease from anger, and forsake wrath." That's like don't strive, don't go try to yeah. fix everything with a military device, you know. "Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil." Don't reward evil with evil. For evildoers, evildoers shall be cut off. For the, but those that wait upon the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. So we're getting the planet that they want to reduce the population for, yeah. that they want to control, right? The, so
2: basically, what the scripture is saying that you should be walking by faith and not by sight. And definitely don't fight fire with fire. You're just going to make a bigger fire and that you need to just let go and let God and he'll do things in his own timing and you just need to be patient.
0: That's right. And in his own time is a great, there's a phrase in the Bible that really talks about the Lord makes all things beautiful in his time. Mm -hmm. And, uh, And it even says in the next verse, for yet a little while and the wicked shall not be. Yea, thou shalt diligently consider his place. I can't talk today. <laughs> and it shall not be, but the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. So we have this promise of knowing that no matter how bad things look, we can rest in the Lord and patiently wait for him. Yes. It's going to work out, and we'll never regret having served him or suffered for his sake because the reward of the inheritance is going to be so glorious We're going into a new heaven and a new earth with no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. I'm looking forward to it. And that's why we want as many people as possible to not only join us in this journey, but to have the same peace.
2: Yes. You know, the whole point of the podcast is to give the knowledge that we have and, you know, share it.
0: Yep. Amen to that. Well, thank you all for listening today. And thank you as always, Zena, for being here. Of
2: course. Thank you for having me. You bet. Um, with the end of this podcast, I just want that people to know that it, whatever you're going through at the moment is just temporary. Like you, like the world is tough, but you are tougher. And if you leave it in God's hand, everything will work out Amen. the way it's supposed to. Um, I think what's wrong with us is we get so impatient. And we want it now. And it's, it's kind of one of those things that like, you know, if you pray for patience, God will definitely make you be very <laughs> yeah. patient. Careful what you pray yes, for, right? Yes, be careful what you, pay, uh, for what you pray for. But um, definitely, you know, let Him work on His time.
0: Amen to that. Well, thanks again for being here, folks. Next week, we're going to delve into Project Paperclip. Ooh. We're going to learn a little bit about what happened with those Nazis that were brought up on trial after World War II, and where did they go, and what did they do?
2: Very interesting name, Project paper clip Yeah. Makes me not want to use paper clips anymore.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, it's always like the devil to take something totally perfect and useful right? and turn it into something bad. <laughs>
2: I know. It's like, come on, how about can we talk about dirt, uh, or grass, you know, <laughs> pollen, you can have that. Yeah. Cedar, you can have that. <laughs> Project. cedar. you can have that. Like it's already bad. It's not gonna get any better.
0: Well that's part of the deception, right? It's gotta look like something either beautiful or or you know, benign or useful right? uh, to make you think, oh, I can accept that. I like paper clips. They're useful. Right. And then sure enough it's some horrible thing right? going You're on. Like, no, I can't,
2: these paper clips are just gonna to hold all these papers together project staples there we go
0: project staples i like <laughs> staples but we're okay with paper clips right. they're easier to take off right it's
2: so true because are in our papers
0: well thanks again for joining us and folks we appreciate all your input keep those questions coming
2: yes as always like and subscribe definitely share and then if you have any questions or concerns comment down below and let me know what you guys learned and what you enjoyed about this podcast today
0: take care bye guys bye-bye thank you for listening today if you like what you heard Please subscribe to Bible Mysteries and share it with a friend. If you want to learn more, you can go to Unlock the Bible Now. That's utbnow.com.